It's Samantha G, who's RNZ's reporter based in Nelson. Morena. At Maria Catherine. Goodness, three waters up and down the motu everywhere you look. There are issues. What's happening with Motueka's wastewater plant at the moment? Yes, so not just drinking water woes, but here on the top of the south there's some wastewater woes. So the Tasman District Council last month issued warnings against collecting shellfish or white bait from the coastal area around the Motueka River because it had identified some problems with the filtration membranes not functioning as they were meant to in its wastewater treatment plant. And so these are like thin rubber spaghetti looking kind of tubes that filter the wastewater as part of their final treatment before it's um, or after it's been through some oxidation ponds. But these membranes were becoming blocked over time and not working properly. And the council's told me this has been kind of happening to some extent since those membranes were first installed. And as part of a an $8 million upgrade to the plant in 2014. But they'd been able to address it by acid washing or backwashing these filters. But come September, that wasn't working. These um, They were getting this kind of bacterial slime blocking them, and it was kind of stumping engineers as to why that was happening. So at the moment, uh, they're having to, tr- to pump this partially treated wastewater into an adjacent wetland area where it's filtered through the ground. And that was how it was treated before the plant was upgraded in 2014. So we're not talking about raw sewage here. It's just important to know. It it is treated. Um, And I I have seen a photo. It kind of looks like water with a a green tinge to it. Uh, The council are working to replace these filters. They've got some from another council, and they're meant to be installed by the end of November. But these issues have led one of the local iwi, Nati Raroa, to, to make a call, you know, for the replacement of this wastewater treatment plant to be sped up because it's saying, you know, despite the council's best efforts to cope with this equipment failure and prevent treatment ponds from overflowing, there is partially treated wastewater entering estuarine areas and, you know, having an impact on the Awa and the Moana. And, you know, fairly delicate areas too when you think about the beautiful source of uh, of, uh, of the Rawaka and, and so forth. Which particular areas are most likely affected, however, from this? Is it likely the Motueka River? Yes, so if you know where the Motueka River comes out, we're sort of talking about the area both to the north and the coastal area to the north and south of that river and part of the, the river near the coast itself. And obviously it's it's a popular spot for white baiting and it is currently white baiting season. So the advice at the moment is obviously to not take fish or shellfish and to not, you know, sort of have contact with those waters. Any any reports of illness that's suspicious? No, the last I checked in with Te Whatu Ora Nelson Marlborough, they said they haven't received any, any reports of gastro illness, but obviously people can sort of manage the symptoms of that at home. So they are urging people if they do feel like they've become sick, especially if it's from any food harvested in the area, you know, to get in touch, to contact their GP or, or And, and what is the story with replacing the plant? It's still a wee way off at the moment. Yes, so the entire plant is due for replacement, I believe, in 2030, and that's part of a plan that the council have. Uh, so the iwi Natiraro are saying, you know, that should happen sooner in light of this. And there is sort of a plan to move it away from the, the coastal location it's currently into inland. So if there are overflows, um, or, you know, this wastewater needs to be pumped out, it can go through the ground instead of um, into these coastal yeah. areas. All right. Now, still waiting, those in Nelson who lost homes in last year's floods, what's the latest on their situation? Yes, so we are now more than a year on from that August flooding and heavy rain event that caused quite a bit of damage across the top of the South Island. And some people are still out of their homes, so... They've just learnt, unfortunately, they've 
kind of facing at least another six months of uncertainty after the council announced last week it would be doing public consultation to determine whether to proceed with property buyouts. So in Nelson, as as in many places in the North Island, a number of homes were identified where the cost to remediate the land that they're on or the land that's threatening the the safety of the property is is more than the property itself is worth. Like I said, we saw that in the North Island uh, where some residents were offered buyout deals after Cyclone Gabriel. And there was some concern here that people in a similar situation were being treated differently despite their situation being similar. So last month the government kind of came to the party, announced $12.3 million in funding, uh, with $6 million of that tagged to go to eligible property buyouts. And it's thought there are about 14 homes in Nelson that fall into that category. But almost two months after that announcement from the government, the Nelson City Council, in a meeting last week, where the public were excluded, uh, said that they'd need to do public consultation on that and that that wouldn't be happening until next March, April as part of their long-term plan uh, consultation. Uh, Okay, and... You know, what are people, what what are you hearing from people? We know that unfortunately these events do go on, can go on for a very long time. um, And we always hope that there are improvements with experience. But I imagine there's a lot of stress and frustration. Yeah, and I think there's definitely frustration. The residents I've spoken to feel frustrated uh, at not being able to kind of maybe hear some of the reasoning or hear that report that came from council staff and um, was deliberated on at the last meeting. They feel a little bit let down by the lack of communication directly from the council. They feel like they're finding out things through the media. And the other thing is, um, you know, we're sort of hearing about 14 properties, but those 14 property owners haven't necessarily been told they qualify. They obviously think they do if their homes are still red-stickered. They can't live in them they've been told you know it's four million to fix the slip risk and their property's only worth one um but yeah i think there's just a general sense that they feel like they've been left in the dark a little bit and this is just yet another six six month wait mm. and there won't be an answer come consultation you know or, you know there'll be further yeah. work to do from there yeah now what's happening at delaware bay please tell people where it is first Delaware Bay, so it's just north of Nelson. If you were leaving Nelson, heading towards Picton, sort of before you uh, go over the Fongamoa. Swing up the hill. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> head out towards Cable Bay, which people may be more familiar with. Uh, Delaware Bay is uh, a little bit further around from, from Cable Bay, and there's been a long-running dispute there between um, Iwi and Boaties over access. Uh, where is it at? Off to court, is it? Yes, so it's actually being heard in the Environment Court uh, because the council actually called on the Environment Court to make a declaration to kind of help with get, get some clarity, I suppose, in, in this dispute. So, I mean, the Bodies say it's the only safe launching site between Port Nelson and Okiwi Bay, um, but they do need to tow their boats and trailers over sort of hundreds of metres of foreshore, and they say the damage there is minimal, whereas Iwi have long ha- held concerns over the use of that area because it's culturally significant to them and it contains an urupa. So, I mean, in essence, the Bodies want to go fishing and the Iwi want to protect a sacred environment. So the Nelson City Council has taken different approaches to this over the years. Uh, I mean, they maintain that driving vehicles on the estuary to launch and retrieve boats isn't permitted and requires a resource consent, and that's what the is before the Environment Court. It took a hands-off approach to the issue um, for a number of years, but then has also taken enforcement action at some times. And, you know, it has attempted to look at a number of uh, different options, like seeking resource consent to use the area, building a wooden ramp, improving nearby, launching ramps, but none have really sort of been deemed suitable. So now before the Environment Court to to 
make clear whether or not this is actually a launching ramp under their current resource management plan. Now, what's happening at Te Afina Marae, please? So, very exciting project at Te Afina Marae, a partial completion of its um, Papakaianga housing development. So it's a 15 million 20 home project, the largest of its kind in the top of the South Island, part of a Marae redevelopment. And, um, yeah, it will see whānau living communally sorry, and sharing facilities and low-cost rentals. So quite an exciting development. Uh, the first four homes have just been completed with whānau moving in as we speak, another eight due to be ready by Christmas. And so it's not sort of just about me- meeting a housing need but also about cultural development, economic development and you know, cre- creating resilience as a whānau. And so this initiative uh, has come from entirely from the iwi or just, just explain a little bit more about I guess the, the sort of structure here? Yes, so there are funding from a number of different organisations and forgive me I don't have that right in front of me um, but it has been a project that has been sort of led by uh, the iwi and a number of of different people. I guess seeing the need in the community and just wanting to create more of an intergenerational uh, yeah, living aspect at the marae. It has been serviced by Komatua Flats for a number of years um, but this is kind of a, a game changer really and I was lucky enough to go out there and see it and, and it's it's pretty impressive to see what they're doing on land that has been uh, leased them by the Whakatuan Corporation I understand. Really exciting. Um, is, is, is exciting stylistically and as you say it's it's not just a you know what we might see in in a conventional um, suburban development at the moment, with a bunch of things just sort of slapped up side by side. Is it is it got quite a um, a thoughtful uh, design to it? Yeah, it definitely does. There's sort of a hub in the centre, which will be a building that can be used communally for different activities. The houses are quite close together. They've been really carefully thought out in terms of, uh, you know, the impact they have on the environment. And they're actually uh, built on these special piles that can be removed if need be. So, you know, should the land use change or you know, they want to do something else with that space, these houses can actually be moved quite quite easily. So, yeah, it's quite a cool development to see in, in person. Yummy, thanks so much. That is Samantha G. Samantha is RNZ's reporter based in Nelson.